Good afternoon. Um, my name is Caleb. I'm a, one of the campus pastors here at New Philly Puzhan. Uh, I'm excited to be up here today. I'm actually going to be preaching a word that was preached way back in, I think, in 2010 or 9 by Pastor Christian. Um, it, was a, it was a key word for our church, and it remains a key word for our church. And I actually preached this sermon in 2013 in April, um, and I was, I was praying to God, and God said, you, got, you should preach it again. We have a lot of newcomers, a lot of people that's been coming out. Um, you know, ever since we've been here in Busan, we've had a lot of newcomers. And we, back in the days, we used, to, we used to say, oh, if you're a newcomer, please stand up. And people would stand up. And then we wouldn't see them again, ever. Uh, but recently, we've had like an influx of newcomers come, and then you all stayed. <laughs> and it, 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 and like, I was like, oh, all these new faces. And so we're very excited. Um, but, and, and so one of the reasons why you know, I took this to the Lord is, is because there's a key word that I believe that is for this house, but especially for um, the people that really are in starting to get into committing to our church and, and starting to um, you know, be a part of this family that we have here in Busan. And so our, my scripture today comes from Revelation 3. So if you have your Bibles with you, open up your Bibles to Revelation 3. And let's go to verse 14. So Revelation 3, verse 14. And it says, the, the, the heading of this particular passage uh, is a is to the church uh, the church in Laodicea, and it goes and to the angels of the, of the church in Laodicea write the word of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works; you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were neither would that you were either cold or hot? So because of your lukewarm, that because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth, for you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, and I stop at the word naked. Okay? Some people like to say naked, um, but you know, no matter how nice your body is, you know, I, I'm, I, mean, I look like this, so I'm not one of the people that I'm talking about, but say you look like Dave here. You got this nice physique, you know, you got, I've seen your guns, you got a nice physique, you know, and you got a good looking face, and you got hair on his arm, I had no hair on my arms, as you can see, neither on my legs, right? But, you know, say you have this nice body, no matter how good looking you are, if you were naked and walking down the street, you would feel like embarrassed, right? You would feel like exposed, very vulnerable, right? Only if you're kind of weird would you be like walking down the street... Only weird people walk down the street naked and are okay with it, right? Something is wrong. But for the most of, for the most part, majority of us, the same people, people of rationality, when we're walking down the street naked, we feel exposed. We feel vulnerable. Okay? We've all had those dreams where we're, we dream that we're naked, and it's not like, yeah, I'm naked. You know, like, I feel good. You know, I'm in class and I'm naked. Everybody's seeing me naked. No, no, it's never like that. It's like a, usually when you have these dreams, it's like a, it's a nightmare. I've had a dream like that where I had no pants at school. I, I didn't realize it until like way later on, and I was like, "Oh snap, I had no pants!" <laughs> and then like it was like I felt so exposed. I felt so naked, so like vulnerable to the elements. 
And here in, 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 in this passage in Revelation, God is giving an indictment, he's giving a chastisement. He's, he's, he's correcting the church in Laodicea. And in the end, he says that they are naked. They're exposed. They're vulnerable. Now, there are many people today that try to live their Christian life with no covering or any kind of protection. They're exposed themselves to harm. They go about unprotected and vulnerable. Now, when Ethan was born, uh, November, he's about to turn one soon. Right? November 22nd, 2013, last year, we were in the hospital. He was born about four in the afternoon. And he came out, and, and he looked like a, a, a bloody spider monkey. You just see his leg, like, ah! like, that's not my son. When babies are born, they look scary, right? They look like little aliens. And he came out, his face was all red, covered. But when he came out, he came out naked. When we're born, we're, we're, not, we're born naked. Right? Ethan didn't come out with, like, wearing a little nice onesie. He came out, and he was naked. And it's true with your, with, what's true in the natural is also true in the spiritual realm. When people get saved, they need to start going, to a reg, going out regularly to a spiritual church. They need to be, learn how to read the Bible. They need to learn how to pray. They need to learn to how to hear from the Lord. These are all things that Christians, when they first become Christians, they need to be taught these things. They need counseling. They need uh, how to read Christian books, to actually read Christian books. To really go after the things of God and to go after the things of wisdom. They need covering. Just because people are saved, it doesn't mean that they have covering. And this letter to the church of Laodicea, when you read it, it's actually going out to believers. It's not to non-Christians. It's to, to the people that are saved, the people that believe in Jesus Christ. They're born again. They believe in the gospel. And the Bible is saying, you're naked. Just because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't mean that you're covered. There are so many Christians out there that get saved, but don't come under proper covering. And you see them getting knocked around. You see them getting, like, you know, like, thrown here and there. Their faith, you know, they, they start to, you know, start questioning their faith. They start getting tossed around here and there. And at the end, you see the backslidden Christians. I was one of them. I was a hardcore backslidden Christian. There's some of you today that are sitting here. You guys are backslidden Christians. And it's because you guys didn't... Com- Fully come under proper covering in your life. So many Christians not realizing the plans of God and what He has for them, they're not, they, don't, they refuse to come under the covering that God has for them. Now let me tell you something. Covering doesn't come from listening to a podcast or reading a book. A lot of people, they feel like they can listen to a pastor, read his books, and feel like that they're covered by them. You know, they listen to John Piper, Tim Keller. Tim Keller is an amazing preacher, amazing man of God. John Bevere, these are all great pastors. And, and as a believer, we should do everything we can to, like, get their wisdom, right? You know, sharpen each other. You know, get sharp by listening to podcasts. But that podcast and listening to that person's podcast does not mean that that person is covering. There's no, com- there's no covering there. It can't be replaced by you committing to a church and going through with your commitments in that community. I can listen to every Tim Keller sermon ever preached. In no way does that give me covering. The only way that I'm going to get covering by John Piper, covering by Tim Keller, is by, in some way, getting connected to their ministry and committing to their ministry. Their ministry and their leadership. Now why? Why is it like this? 
Why can't I just listen to a sermon? Why can't I just listen to uh, read a book? No, they're all God's truth, isn't it? It's the truth of God. Why? Why can't it be like this? Well, it's because covering comes from relationship. You can't deny the fact that covering can only come from a relationship. You don't have a relationship with John Piper. He doesn't know who you are. His leaders don't know who you are. He's not praying for you. Covering can only come from a relationship. They may be giving you teaching, establishing truth in your life, but they're not covering you and providing you the covering that you need to grow in maturity and strength. Because it comes from relationship. That means you need to submit to a spiritual authority who you have a relationship with that will speak into your life. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying stop listening to other people's sermons. Listen to more. I need to listen to more. I used to listen to a lot. These days, I have a kid. I don't have that much free time. I haven't listened to it, but I, I want to listen to more. I love how Dave, he has his Facebook post. All of these sermons that he's been listening to. I get blessed by that. Y'all should be listening to podcasts. But that cannot replace you being established in a church, in a church community where you're sowing in and people are sowing into your life. It comes from a relationship. You need people to speak into your life. You need people to correct you. You need people to disagree with you when you fall into foolishness. Speak the truth over you in love. There, need, there needs to be a relationship there to affirm you, to encourage you, to disagree with you. It can only come from a relationship. And the deeper the commitment and submission, the thicker the covering. Now, when you guys hear this, I'm not saying that, oh, I'm only going to cover you if you come under my submission. So Until you come under my submission, I'm going to stop covering you. No, that's not what I mean. But when you come under submission and when you come under covering... The position of your heart. You're not the heart of the pastor or the leader, but the position of your heart changes, and that commitment allows more access to cover you. I want to add, it's not just baby believers and young Christians that need covering, but mature believers, leaders, missionaries, full-time pastors, evangelists, we all need covering. As a matter of fact, the more intense your calling is, the more intense your activity in the kingdom of God is, the more covering that you need. There's a saying, with new levels come new devils. You all heard that before. With new levels come new devils. And as your work in the kingdom of God intensifies, the more you have to go and find covering for your life. Be committed. Be submitted to authority. It's going to pray over you, speak into you, commit to you. You need that covering. If you go out naked, you're going to get beat down by the enemy. Because the enemy knows, okay, that his strategy isn't to keep you from going out. His strategy is to keep you from going out without covering. So he's okay with you going out as long as you don't commit to a community. He's fine if you go out and try to minister as long as, you know, you're not... Getting established in truth, establishing that relationship of the community. He wants you to go out, but he wants you to go out naked. Because if you go out naked, it's easier for him to, to, to beat you down. And if you think if you if you've been in and if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've heard countless stories of kingdom kingdom workers and missionaries, pastors, evangelists, 
They go out with no covering, no accountability, and they end up lost, discouraged, and broken. I, I recently uh, flipped into my Facebook, and I saw Pastor Benjamin. Pastor Benjamin is Pastor Christian, our lead, lead pastor's uh, spiritual like mentor. Um, and so, like, and he's kind of like our spiritual like grandfather, in a sense. He's out in Emeryville, California. He's a great man of God. He comes to all our retreats. He's black. Cool guy. <laughs> I was, uh, listening, I, was, I was flipping through, and I, I saw one of his blogs, and it like, fascinated me. It said, why are pastors committing suicide? And I said, what? Pastors don't commit suicide. So I started reading it. And it, it said, it said uh, that he, he mentioned that in, in America, there's an alarming rate of pastors committing suicide. He wrote, just Google the word pastor and suicide, and you'll find no less than eight tragic examples in the past 11 months. Pastors are committing suicide. And he pointed out that the heart of the issue isn't the weight of the burden that he, that he carries from his congregation. Yes, being a pastor can be stressful. Okay? It can be stressful. God never said that it wasn't going to be stressful. It could be taxing. It could take up a lot of your time. As a pastor, I know this. There's a weight of shepherding. shepherding. At times, it can, it can it feel heavy on you. But Pastor Benjamin, he writes... The real problem is not that people are looking to the pastor for spiritual leadership. The real problem is that senior pastors typically have no one to look up to for spiritual leadership. Even, perhaps especially, in denominational settings. Pastors are rarely pastored. Most shepherds have no one to shepherd their soul. The unspoken lie that we must overturn is that one, that you can grow to such a place of spiritual maturity then you no longer need someone to shepherd your soul. We, seniors, we senior pastors prove that we believe this when we fail to submit ourselves to any real spiritual leader. It's as if we don't believe in our own product. I expect all of my congregation to believe that my teaching and counsel are essential to their spiritual health, yet I demonstrate by my lifestyle that I need neither, that I need neither teaching nor counsel for my own spiritual health. He's basically saying the reason why these, people, these pastors are committing suicide isn't because being a pastor is hard. It's because there's nobody that's shepherding them. There's nobody that's speaking into their life. They're independent. They're on their own. If we're going to do kingdom work, we need covering. Let me assure you, I, along with all the pastors of New Philly, we're under covering. You can rest assured that I'm not going to willingly do whatever I want to do today because I feel like it today. Today I want all the leaders to sit on this side. No. I'm, not, I'm undercovering. There's somebody that's speaking into my life. There's somebody that I'm being accountable to. Okay? Your community group leader, your campus pastors, your ministry team leader, we're all undercovering. We have accountability in our lives. Pastor Christian and Aaron... They have covering. They have accountability. Pastor Christian, at one point, he didn't have a spiritual authority. And it wasn't like Pastor Benjamin said, you know what? You call a Christian up as a Christian. I want you to uh, start coming under my covering. No. Pastor Christian, he realized that he needed covering. And one day, he, 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 he made this announcement. Like, you know what? I need covering. I need somebody to speak into my life. I need somebody to be my mentor. I need to, some, somebody to sow into me. And I need somebody to be accountable to, to speak into me. And so he sought out Pastor Benjamin. 
It wasn't that Pastor Benjamin wanted to like you know, control Pastor Christian and say, you know what? I think you should, yeah, I think you should come and uh, be under my cover. No, he sought him out because he realized there is a need for covering. We need covering in our lives. Missionaries that go to countries with satanic oppression, they go with no covering and they come back sick. Some of them are divorced. Some of them have lost their faith. Countless stories of this happening. Families that move to Mongolia come back five years later. They're devastated because they go with no covering. They, yes, the church is willing to give a financial donation, but there's no relationship there after they leave. Now, our sister Rosie, I mentioned this last time in my sermon as well, but we met Rosie here in Busan in 2012 at, at, a, at, a, at a bookstore, fully booked. And we were, we were, they were playing some games, and we, we met her, and she started coming to our church, and she got really just, just, just really loved our church. As a church, like I was talking to her dad when they came here, and he set me aside. He's like, thank you so much. Because my, you know, my daughter was, was very like, you know, like, she wasn't in a good place. It's not like she was sinning, but she just wasn't able to really fully commit to a church. She'd, had, she'd been hurt by the church before. So it was like, it was like she had a hard time just, just coming under submission. But when she found New Philly, she just felt really at home. But at the same time, she had committed to go on this kind of missionary trip to, trip to Cambodia. And, uh, and she came to us, and she said, I don't know, I don't know what I should do, because I committed to go on this trip, you know, to spend like a year in Cambodia um, as a missionary, but I feel like I should be here in Korea, New Philly. And then when I first heard her story, I realized, man, she's going with no covering. She's going with nobody praying for her, no, not a community that's backing her, not a community that's sending her. She's going kind of on her own. And so... Me and Mina, we listened to her story and we said, you know what? Even though you might have to break your commitment there, I think you should stay. I think you should stay and I think you should commit to this church, grow, get mature, get built up, and eventually get sent out. That's what happened. She grew, she matured, she became a leader, she became an active leader. Now she's part, she has a community group, she's a welcoming team member, and now she's going out on missions this winter. God's sending her out. And right now, I have no, I have, I have no reservation. If, if, if she came up to me today and said, you know what, I want to go out and I feel like I should be a missionary, I have no reservation in my heart of sending her. Because I realize that she took steps to get proper covering for her life. Covering is very important. If you're going to do kingdom work, we need covering. Now, if you want to see the effects of what, it likes, what it's like to go out, going out naked, I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts 19. This is a famous story about the sons of Sceva. You have the story of sons of Sceva. Uh, there, were, there were seven of them. And, uh, and they say that they were the itinerant Jewish exorcists. And they were trying to cast out demons from people by invoking the name of Jesus. Because they saw, because they saw such amazing things being done by the apostles. They see signs and wonders and miracles by the apostle Paul. In the name of Jesus, that they wanted to do it for themselves. It's because in the Bible it says that even the handkerchief that touched the hand of the apostles were able to heal people. This fascinated them. They said, man, this is real power. This can actually you know, transform like exorcism. This is you know, what we do for a living. It can actually radically change it. So these sons of Sceva, they started invoking the name of Jesus and trying to cast out evil spirits. 
And they did this without any kind of covering from the apostles. They had no relationship with the apostles. They were just trying to emulate what they were doing. It says in chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 15. And God, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs of aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And these diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists came, uh, exorcists took, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? Now these, these men were doing deliverance ministry. Their intentions were admirable. They wanted to do good. They wanted to help people. But they were doing it without covering, without any teaching or wisdom, and, for, and ultimately with no relationship to the apostles. And it says, And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, all seven of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Naked and wounded. If you look at it, it's, it's, it's the image of what, people, what happens to people when they try to do kingdom work under, without covering in their lives. You're going to get... It's not good. You need covering. <laughs> Sorry. Being naked... I was going to say something, but I was like, oh, I shouldn't say it. Being naked and beaten is not good. It says that these seven sons were wounded, probably bleeding. Naked by one demon possessed man. When you go out without covering, you feel strong, but you're weak. You feel like you have power, but you don't. Because you need proper covering. Don't try to do the work of the Lord without covering. And some of you guys are saying, well, you know, I'm not supposed to be a minister. I, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a missionary. I, I, I mean, that's not for me. And I'm here to tell you, if you're a born-again Christian, you are called to ministry. That is what a Christian is. If you call yourself a Christian, your ultimate goal is to minister in some way. Because if you're not, you're not actually being a Christian. You might, you might actually be a Christian, but you're not doing what a Christian is supposed to do. So you need proper covering. Don't walk around naked. Get under covering. Commit to a church. You know, all of you guys have gifts and talents. Some of you guys are in here. You guys have amazing talents, have amazing gifts, and you have a calling by God to use it for the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, if you want to successfully ruin the plans of God for your life, go out without covering. Go out naked. Refuse to commit. Refuse to submit. Don't try to find a place in the body of Christ. You're going to ruin the plans that God has for your life. Go try to follow your call without covering, and you'll forfeit the plans that He has for you. You can be a great Christian. You can have great morals, biblically sound, have the right doctrine. But you go without covering, you're going to forfeit those plans. You can be the most gifted person, but your life will be flat and fruitless if you do not learn to commit to a church 
and submit to its leadership. Why? It's because you need God-given authority to operate and function in your gifts, abilities, and anointing. Let me say that again. You need God-given authority. The word is authority. To operate and function in your gifts, abilities, and anointing. You need authority to have an audience to minister. I'm up here, you know, and I'm speaking to you guys. Not because, you know, I'm this great guy. (laughs) No. God gave me authority through Pastor Christian, through Pastor Aaron, through the leadership of this church. Gave me the authority to speak to you guys today. And authority, it comes from submission. You can, you can come in this, these doors and look good. Y'all suave. Every word that flows from your lips can sound like butter. You know, you know every, every spray song ever written, you can play it on all instruments. You preach. You have a, a collection of CDs that you made in your bedroom of your preachings. It sounds amazing. Here, let me listen to some. But if you cannot submit to authority, you can't handle authority. You can, you can be the greatest preacher. Come here and try to exercise your, your good things. But without submission, without a heart of servanthood, you're not going to get the authority to do so. If you cannot submit to authority, you cannot handle authority. How do I know that you're not going to go and abuse your authority? Look at it from the secular perspective. Okay, say you were own a company. You own like ABC Inc. Yeah, it's, a, it's a company that makes widgets and things of that thing. You know, you, you make things. You own a company. You're the CEO, and you hire some this hotshot MBA from Harvard, and you tell them, you know what? Okay, I need this is our the vision of this of, of this company. We're going this way. I want you to. Do your planning and execute your things in this way. And he's like, oh, I don't think, I, I, no, I think you're wrong. I learned from Harvard that you're supposed to do it this way. And as a matter of fact, I'm not going to do it the way that you think I should do it, but I'm going to do it this way because I think this way is better. What are you going to do? If you own a company, what's going to happen to that dude? Fire. Exactly. <laughs> if I own a restaurant and I say, this is our menu, we make uh, pasta this way, we make pizza this way, and then this dude I hire comes and make, puts kimchi on everything. What's that going to happen to him? Uh, fired. Yeah, fired. The same way in the kingdom of God. Submission, authority, it comes from submission. There isn't a heart of servanthood and a willingness to submit. You're not able to, you don't, you don't have the, 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 what it takes to handle that authority. Pastor Benjamin, he gave a great analogy a while back at one of our leadership meetings about authority and anointing about giftings and abilities. And he talked about, there's a Ferrari at a line, at, at, at the, at the, uh, at the stop, stop sign. And he's got 480 horsepower under the hood. Vroom, vroom. You've heard those cars. Right? You hear it. <laughs> you drive by a car and the alarm goes off. And it's parked at this lot. And then there's, and the right next to him is my car. The Hyundai Avante. With 130 horsepower. Right? They're all revving. And it, it, like, boom, boom, boom. Bang, bang, bang. And then the right light turns green. What's going to happen? 
They're both going to go at the same limit. They're both going to go at the same speed because they both have a speed limit. Unless that Ferrari wants to get a bunch of tickets, he's going to drive at 40 kilometers per hour because it's Korea. It's kilometers. Because he doesn't have the authority to go 80 in a 40-mile zone. In the same way, a cop car, okay, can, can, when, when he's on the road, he can drive at speeds beyond the speed limit. Why? Because he has the authority to do so. He has the authority to exercise. Because the authority that he has, he's given the authority to make these exceptions and these decisions to go beyond speed limit. You can have all the gifts and abilities and the anointing without the leaders of this house, without the leaders of a community giving you that authority, all the potential is sitting in your garage, sitting in your house. You got to get undercover. You got to get undercovering to get authority. You guys get what I'm getting at? It's authority. Your giftings need authority. There are a lot of Christians that want to go fast, they want the power, but they are not willing to serve and submit. They want to exercise power without going through the process of being entrusted with authority. And if you want to be entrusted with authority, you have to learn to submit to authority. Because when you submit to authority, the, the maturity, the wisdom, the character for you to exercise authority starts to build up in you. If you get authority too soon, and you don't have the character and the wisdom and the maturity to exercise it, it can lead to your downfall. It can mess you up. Now, one of our core values is called be faithful in the small things. Because when you're faithful in the small things, you'll be entrusted with big things. Now, let me tell you, if you ever go to a church, and on the first day, you go to their welcoming team meeting, and they ask you to lead a Bible study, <laughs> you should think twice. You should think twice. Without even learning about who you are, what you're about, it just might be that the person that came before you with that authority didn't do too well. You know, we, want, we want leaders that are tested. We want leaders that can prove that they are faithful with what they're given. Now what does it say in the second part of Revelation 3? Let's go back to Revelation 3, starting from verse 18. After the word naked... It says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may, have clo- you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may, may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Well, God wants, he wants to refine you. And it comes from covering and submission. Because He loves you, God will use people in your life, people of authority, to correct you, to discipline you, to speak life into you. I'm going to discipline Ethan. When, right now, he's too young. I, could, I tell him, don't do that! And he just sticks it in his mouth anyway. But once he gets to an age, because I love him, I'm going to discipline him. I'm not going to let him do whatever he wants. In the same way, God... He disciplines us. Discipline is a part of covering. Accountability is a part of covering. Covering, And you can't just skip over it, avoid it, go from church to church. 
trying to get away from it. What do you mean I have a lust problem? I don't got no lust problem. I'm going to go to another church. What do you mean I have a lust problem? I don't got no lust problem. People go from church to church. Never able to fully be vulnerable. Never able to fully have whatever issues that they're going through. Okay, to be to be removed from them because they're unable to come up, come up, coming undercover. We have to get undercover. Brothers and sisters, do not go naked. If you have gifts, if you have abilities, you have anointing, be sure to commit to a local church, to the leadership that you can be held accountable to. Don't go hopping around from church to church. That's because when they challenge you, you feel like, oh, you're getting into my space. That's my personal problem, man. Stay away from that area of my life. All right, yeah, I'm going to go to another church. Don't walk around with that orphan spirit. Learn to stay in one place, submit, and then be a son. Sons, they get an inheritance. They have access to authority. When you go in and out of churches with an orphan spirit, you ne- you're never going to receive the God-given authority that He has for you. Establish yourself in one place with the spirit of sonship. Don't go out naked. Get undercover. Now in Genesis 3, it says that when Adam and Eve, they sinned, they realized that they were naked. And they sold fig leaves to themselves. They covered themselves. And they covered themselves because when they acted independently of God, they sinned. And they didn't obey the word of God. They lost the covering that God had for them. And that's why they felt naked. Before, it was the same thing. They were naked. They didn't feel naked. As soon as they sinned, they felt naked. And they sold these fig leaves to themselves. And you know, you know what? That's what a lot of Christians, they try to do today. You know, they, they come out of the covering of God, and they sew something together, and say, this is my covering. I read these books, I listen to these MP3s, and this is my covering. And they, and, and they make this covering for themselves. But if you look in Isaiah 59, verse 6, it says, when God rebukes the Israelites, it says, their webs will not serve as clothing. Men will not cover themselves with what they make. You can't cover yourself with what you can come up with. What you can make. That covering needs to be provided by God. And what He provides for you is in the form of a local church. He, pri- he provides it for you through relationship with Him and the men and women that He surrounds you with. And God says, commit and submit. Get under that covering. Don't get naked. Now, when I first came to Korea, I was naked. Literally. Not literally. <laughs> figuratively. I was, I was, man, I had been running for so long. And I had been, I'd been so hurt and so like tra- traumatized in my life. That I couldn't let anybody get close. And some of you guys know my testimony. Some of you guys don't. But I messed up a lot in America. I did horrible things. Did a lot of drugs. Did a lot of crime. And then uh, I, went to, I went to jail, I went to prison, they sent me here, because I wasn't an American citizen. So now I'm here, and I was, I was, just, I was just in a bad place. I, I couldn't, I had so many walls up, that like, no matter how much, like, amazing people came and tried to reach out to me, I was like, ah, oh, peace out. 
don't want none of that. And I would come to church, listen to the sermon, and the minute that it was over, I would leave. And I couldn't, couldn't like let that, like, you know, I just had so many walls up, I couldn't let anybody get close. And then, and, and the moment that I really like started to go after God, I had a community of people that really was sowing into me through like a small group that I had, like it was like a community group. And it got to a place where I started to really start coming back to the Lord. Start coming back to the Lord. And you know, I became a Christian when I was in high school, but I just, I just rebelled from the Lord at one point. And so God was wooing me back. You know, and I started reading the Word of God. He was speaking to me. And He reminded me all of the amazing things, amazing promises that He'd given me when I was young. And I was like, oh man, I want to, I want to uh, uh, come back to you, God, but you know, like, up to this point, this is good. I, and I feel a little bit of conviction. I feel like I shouldn't sin anymore. And I, I, just, I feel like, you know, this is good. But he's like, there's so much more. There's so much more. You just have to, to bust down these walls. And the walls was in the form of like the church. I was going to JSCM back then. It was, it was New Philly before it became New Philly. And I had, there was amazing people going there. But I couldn't like let them pass this wall that I had. And it, came, it had a lot of shame. I was like, you know, I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of like issues with what, what happened to my past. And the moment that I, I actually made that decision, God was like really convicting me. I was in the subway one time and he was like, you have to tell your testimony. And I was like, no, I don't want to God. He's like, you have to tell your testimony. I was like, why? I am afraid. And I remember, like, I, I, I went past my subway stop, like four stops. And I was just in, in my thought. I was like, no, God, I don't want to do it. And he's like, you have to do it. If you want to get past this place in your spiritual walk, if you want to see what's on the other side, you got to let everybody know that you done messed up, but then you need, you need to be fixed. Because up to this point, nobody knew anything about me. They just knew me as that one guy from L.A. that had a really dark tan. You know, like, like, I was really dark back then. And I, I, I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to let them in. I can't. It's like, it's too shameful. It really is. It's too shameful. And then I struggled with the Lord for a long time. And finally I said, all right, God, I trust you. I'm going to allow these people to know everything about my past. And so I, I emailed past Christian and he's like, oh, I want to speak my testimony. I went up on church. And I remember when I spoke my testimony, it was like liberation. Now I, talk, I talked last week about vulnerability, right? Being vulnerable before the Lord. That's what it was like. It was like liberation. I was like, ah, oh, I feel free. Like I was like completely free. Like, like there's nothing in this world that I'm hiding. There's nothing from God and man. There's nothing that I'm, 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 bare. I'm like, I was like completely, I felt like completely exposed. But in a good way. Because it was at that moment that I started to really commit to the church. It was at that moment that I allowed people in. Allowed, I let people start to minister to me. And I started coming under covering. And then from that moment, you know, I started to, when I started to really run after God, God just completely, like, radically changed my life around. I was smoking. I was drinking. But that, He just, like, removed it from my life. I didn't even have to quit. It's just like, one day I realized, man, I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> I have a pack of cigarettes in my, in my bag. I haven't smoked in three weeks. And like it just, he just completely just removed it from my life, and he just, he just, I just got hungry for more of God, more of God, more of God, and I started coming on the cover. Back in the days, you know, like Pastor Christian, he, like, he, he would make fun of me a lot, 
You know, and I would, I would, I would like, I would, you know, we were, we were friends and we got, but like I would be in the back, I was media team leader and he would be like, oh, you make fun of me. But I'd be like, you know what? Although he's making fun of me, I know that this man of God is here for me. The words that he's speaking is healing my soul. God is using this man. So I, I submitted to him. Completely submitted to his word. We never had any kind of counseling together, but every time that I listened to his sermon, I just, he just like just spoke to my heart, and, and, and so he, I was being raised up in, in the spirit of God because I, I, I chose to come under covering. I chose to be in submission. You know, and today I stand before you as this campus pastor. I don't know how it happened. Honestly, I don't. I know all I did was, you know what, God, you placed me here. To do one thing is to follow you. And in, in, in following you, I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm going to commit to this church. And I'm going to do everything I can to advance your kingdom in this place that you placed me. That's, what, that's all I really did. I didn't, I have no, I didn't be like, oh, I want to be a campus pastor someday. No, I had none of that. All I did was I want to do what you've called me to do and be what you've called me to be right here, right now, in this church. Because you're encountering me here. And that alone radically changed my life. That alone is why I'm standing here before you today. Now some people think submission and submitting to authority is about losing control. Now I am under complete control. I mean I am under complete submission to what God is doing through past Christian era. But in no way have I ever lost control of my life. Nowhere that I ever feel like, oh, I like, I have no control of what I, of what I am or where I'm going. No, it, it's organic. Because it's by the Spirit of God. Submission does not mean you lose control. Some of you guys think, oh, if I submit to this church, they're going to control my life. They're going to control what I do. They're going to control every decision that I make. Controlling everything that you do takes a lot of work and a lot of time. I don't want to do that. And I personally don't have time for that. True submission is allowing the covering that the Lord has placed over you to lead you and shepherd you and guide your heart to a place where you make sound decisions, where you make proper decisions under the Spirit of God. Covering is so important. Covering, it really sometimes can make or break your spiritual life. And a lot of you today, you guys have been in our church and you haven't you know, fully committed. You've been coming out. You know, you know, if not this church, but a church, I encourage you all, go and commit. Submit and get under proper covering. Close our eyes.